Good evening and welcome once again to another episode of the Friday Night Parkdale Special. I'm your host Joyrider coming to you live from the Dollhouse in downtown Toronto with my feline co-hosts Chatty G, Silent Shay, and Floofmaster Toby. And this is episode 151. Do you remember the browser plugin StumbleUpon? Well, Sometimes that's how my brain works, following rabbits down rabbit holes and leaving breadcrumbs in its wake. Two episodes ago, I played Pizzicato 5 as part of our Funky Drummer series, and the term Shibuyake came up when I was reading about them. I said during that show that I'd probably come back to that, and here we are. Shibuya is a ward in Tokyo, and while you may not have heard of it, one area of Shibuya that's come up in the last few decades is Harajuku. Thanks, Gwen Stefani! But it existed before her, and it exists after her, and Harajuku and Shibuya, the ward it's in, is known to be one of the coolest districts for young people in Tokyo, and has been for decades. It's where people go to be seen. During the 1980s, Japan experienced an economic boom, and while Shibuya had always been a major transit point in Tokyo, with there being some kind of a station bless you, in the ward going back to the 1880s, it picked up a special sort of cachet with the Utes, with stores like Tower Records and HMV having a presence, along with a lot of high-end clothing shops. Kids would go in and pick up re-releases of esoteric music along with pieces from the J-pop section that HMV had set up. And this collision of styles was a major part of what set the stage for Shibuya K, which translates to Shibuya style. The Shibuya sound was a curation, an audio collage that was developed with a touch of irony and a little bit of cheeky, clever hipsterosity. The more an influence demonstrated one's depth of music knowledge, the better. We're going to start this evening by listening to some of the key influences that shaped Shibuya sound. First up, is one that was performed by Dionne Warwick in 1964, but it was written by Bert Bacharach, who actually passed away recently. And you may not know his name, but you know his songs. He wrote songs that were performed by the Shirelles, by Aretha Franklin, Tom Jones, Dusty Springfield, and he and Dionne Warwick worked together quite a bit over the years. They had a falling out in the late 60s, early 70s, but ended up being friends again by the end of the 70s, thankfully, and she had a beautiful tribute to him on his passing. From Dionne Warwick, the song is written by Burt Bacharach, and it's called Walk On By. If you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet, walk on by, walk on by, make believe that you don't see the tears, just let me grieve in private, cause each time I see you, I break down and Walk on by. Stop. Walk on by. 
Burt Bacharach also wrote Close to You, which was made famous by the Carpenters. And the Carpenters actually performed a song that was written by this next artist who paired up with a number of people, including another artist we'll hear from a bit later in the show, as well as Herb Albert, who was one of the co-owners of A&M Records. Roger Nichols and the Small Circle of Friends were part of a movement known as Sunshine Pop, which according to Wikipedia, originated from Southern California and was rooted in advertising jingles. This is clearly a rabbit hole for another time, but to give you an example that demonstrates how these things would come together, Roger Nichols co-wrote a song called We've Only Just Begun. It was actually a jingle for a bank. And when the commercial aired, one of the members of the Carpenters, Richard, thought that it had the potential to be a hit, reached out, and asked if there was a full song. There thankfully was, but according to Nichols collaborator Paul Williams, if they didn't have one in hand, they would have lied to get the deal because the Carpenters were that big a deal at the time. The one we're going to listen to tonight though is called Always You, and it came out in 1968.
Some industries are so small that you can't reach out without poking someone in the eye. And it seems that music during this period, at least in the Western world, was very much that way. The next artist we're going to hear from, as I said, also worked with Roger Nichols as well as the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson, who you'll remember from our Pet Sounds episodes in 2021, was a big fan of Phil Spector's Wall of Sound and produced a number of recordings that drew on the influence of Spector's Wall of Sound. One of the people that Brian Wilson collaborated with was Van Dyke Parks, who worked with him on the Beach Boys album Smile, which was never released. And Van Dyke Parks is one of those people who you may not know his name, once again, but he worked on the Disney film Jungle Book, arranging the song The Bare Necessities, catchy as hell. Also worked with The Birds and Judy Collins and even did the music for The Brave Little Toaster, which you may remember if you are Gen X or an elder millennial. From Van Dyke Parks, from 1972, this is Salem Shoes. music of the 60s, such as Serge Gainsbourg, also played a role in shaping the Shibuya sound. You may recall that I played one of his songs in episode 123 on band tracks. The song was called Je t'aime, moi non plus. Serge Gainsbourg, of course, was not the only French musician who 
had an influence on Shibuya K. The next artist we're going to hear from got his start in music substantially later than a lot of the other artists who figured into the Shibuya sound. Louis Philippe got into music in the mid-80s, and his fifth solo album, which came out in 1992 and was titled Jean Renoir, crystallized parts of the sound, even before the sound had been dubbed Shibuya K. From 1992, this is Louis Philippe's So Long Sailor. Oh, oh, oh. 
If there's something about that song that makes you think of Haircut 100, you're on the right track because that was another influence in the Shibuya sound. So much so that one of the key artists in the sound, known as Flipper's Guitar, wrote a song called Haircut 100. But that's getting ahead of ourselves just a touch. Although Shibuya K didn't emerge until the late 80s, its foundation was set in the late 70s and early 80s by City Pop. I don't know if I mentioned her in the City Pop episode, which was 105, if you want to go back and check it out, but if I didn't, that was an oversight on my part. During that time, Maki Nomiya was a J-pop and City Pop artist, and while there are distinct differences between the sounds of City Pop and Shibuya, both microgenres lean on influences from the 60s, and the bands that formed during the latter half of the 1980s were influenced not only by City Pop, but by Maki Nomiya, Pizzicato 5 in particular. She would join Pizzicato 5 in 1990, and her appearance in the band set the tone of what people could expect from the band. From her 1981 solo album titled Pink no Kokoro, or Pink Heart, this is Bishonen, or Pretty Boy. Yo 
One of the biggest acts from Shibuya K is Pizzicato 5, which is how we got here this evening. While it was their 1994 album, Made in USA, that saw them reach international acclaim, their initial configuration came about in 1979. They released a couple of singles in the first half of the 80s and then signed with Sony in 1986. In 1987, they released their first full-length album. It was called Couples, and this next song is from that album. The title of the track that we're going to listen to now translates to They All Laughed. Oh 
Although Pizzicato 5 had formed prior, Flipper's guitar was considered, to use the phraseology from Wikipedia, the bedrock of Shibuya K and a big influence on all of the other groups that would follow. One of the members, known as Cornelius, went out on his own after Flipper's guitar and had a very productive solo career. And we'll hear some of his solo material in a bit. But first, let's hear one from Flipper's Guitar. This came out in 1991 on Dr. Head's World Tower, and it's called Spend Bubble Hour in Your Sleep Machine.
The sample that you hear in the background is originally from Lolata Holloway's Love Sensation, which was released in 1980, and is also the same song that was sampled by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch for their song Good Vibrations. Interestingly, it seems that both songs came out around the same time. So it's likely that they used the sample independent of the knowledge of one another's use of it. It's also worth noting that Flipper's Guitar were fans of Madchester and Baggy, and that's how that flavor of Primal Screams come together, finds its way into the mix on that previous track. So as I mentioned, Cornelius went out on his own, and that happened after the release of Dr. Head's World Tower, which was their third and final album. In 1994, he released his first solo album, which was called the First Question Award, and the song we're going to listen to next is from that album. I think I personally prefer the song Starfruit's Surfrider from his 1997 album Phantasma, but as this next track was his breakout hit, I think it's important for the historical narrative that we listen to the big breakout hit. From Cornelius and the 1994 album The First Question Award, this is The Sun Is My Enemy.
I should mention that Cornelius got himself embroiled in a bit of controversy in the mid-90s when he admitted to bullying and assaulting several disabled peers in school. And he has never really addressed this in a way that has satisfied all parties. Some of the abuse was horrific in its cruelty, and I don't recommend reading up on it unless you want to have your day ruined. Anyway, as the rave scene exploded around the world, another set of influences came into play on Shibuya Ke. One of the artists who brought that influence home was Toyate, who is probably best known for his work with Delight. He put out a solo album in 1994 called Future Listening with an exclamation mark in the title. And this song from 1994 is from that album. It's called Technova, La M. Copacabana. Tudo que é de bem, suco de acerola 
The next artist that we're going to hear from is a woman who would later be married to Cornelius in the year 2000. They divorced in 2012, but they have a son together. Her name is Takako Minakawa, and she released her second studio album, Rumic Cube, in 1996. This song is too cute to not include. From Takako Minakawa, this is Fantastic Cat.
in much the same way that Toate brought in some new elements from the house music scene, the next artists we're going to hear from did as well. Fantastic Plastic Machine, otherwise known as Tomoyuki Tanaka, got his start in music playing in a band in the late 80s, then became a club DJ in the early 90s. And it was his friend, Tawate, who encouraged him to go back to recording music. In 1997, he released his debut solo album under the name Fantastic Plastic Machine. While this next track isn't from his first album, I wanted to include it because a lot of Shibuya K artists have done covers over the years of English language songs. And this particular cover got my attention because it's originally by a band I quite like. This is Fantastic Plastic's version of the Eurythmics, There Must Be an Angel Playing With My Heart.
traditional vein of Shibuya K. Next, we've got one from The Pillows from 1994's album Cool Spice. This is The Pillows song Monochrome Lovers.
Indy also came into the pool of reference material Shibuya K tended to draw from around this time. Stuff like you would find on Little Darla has a treat for you, which is a series of compilations that began in 1995 from the record label Darla Records. Great stuff too. From 1999, from Cubismo Grafico's debut album titled Tout, in this case the French word for all, this is Salon à Sunday.
Masashi Naka is one of the members of the Escalator team and the founder of Escalator Records, and he produces music under the name Losfeld. In 2000, he released a self-titled album, and this was one of the tracks on it from Losfeld's self-titled album. This is New Balance.
A lot of sources will say that it was around the end of the 90s that Shibuya K started to taper off in terms of popularity and people's interest. And it may be that the sound could have ended there had it not been for a certain sound engineer named Yumiaki. Yumiaki was tasked with some of the songs on the original Katamari Damashi soundtrack and ended up writing about half of them, including the main theme. The soundtrack did so well that Yumiaki was invited to do sound work for the second game as well. A lot of the people who were involved on that second soundtrack were quite well known within Japan, particularly those who were in Shibuya K. At the top of the show, I played one from Maki Nomiya, and she was one of the people who was invited to collaborate on the Katamari soundtrack. From the soundtrack for We Love Katamari, released in 2005, this is Maki Nomiya, and the song is called Baby Universe.
Probably my favorite from the We Love Katamari soundtrack is Everlasting Love, the race car sequence. I don't even mind crashing into walls repeatedly. That song is just so darn catchy. Up next, we have one from Toast Girl, who began performing as Toast Girl in 1998 while studying fine art in Melbourne, Australia. She legitimately wore a hard hat with a toaster attached that actually made toast. I don't get it, but I love it. One of the other names that she goes by is Baguette Bardot. (laughs) I like her a lot, just for that alone. The fascination with French and French culture continues through Toast Girl, and this from 2007 is her song Chanson Populaire. Sabis sa kakade, ikite, yukeru hodoni wa, 
Fascination with France and French culture continues from Montparnasse. This is the Wiggly Cat Walk.
next from Sarani Poji and the album Merry Go Round Jailhouse, which came out in 2010. This song is called Sugar Boo. Next from the 2014 album Ice Cream Man, this is Hideke Kaje's track Tropical Girl. Shark, <laughs> 
next one from Sawa, who has been performing as a singer-songwriter and DJ since about 2008. This is from her 2014 album called Ringa Ringa, and the track is called Mr. Brown.
Over the years, various artists from outside of Japan began to be clumped under the umbrella of Shibuya K, among them Dimitri from Paris, who has actually worked with Maki no Mia, who we have heard from twice already this evening. Let's make it an even odd three, shall we? Because we can. From his album, Cruising Attitude, which came out in 2004, Dimitri from Paris, featuring Maki Nomiya. This is Merumo.
There are also a handful of bands out of South Korea who have been picking up the Shibuya K sound and Humming Urban Stereo is one of those acts that has been said to quote, represent a Korean Neo-Shibuya K movement from Humming Urban Stereo's 2012 album More and More. This is the title track, More and More.
along with those artists from outside of Japan who had been grouped into Shibuya K, there were also a second wave of Shibuya K artists, mostly labeled Neo Shibuya K. Capsule was one of the most prominent and commercially successful of those artists from Capsule's 2011 soul compilation. This is Le Salon. Thank you. 
Our last artist for the night was actually born during the peak of the first wave of Shibuya-ke. Her name is Kiriko Takamura, but she goes by Kyari Pamyu Pamyu, and this song has been labeled J-pop, but the sound is very much in keeping with Shibuya-ke. She actually released an album about a year and a half ago, but this is from her 2014 album titled Pika Pika Fantagen. The song is called Dodopido.
that's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you share some of your week with me. If you'd like to support the show, go to thefnps.com. Social media links are at the top of the main page. And there's a whole section talking about the Patreon. You know what else helps? Liking the show on whatever platform you listen from, leaving a review, sharing episodes that you enjoy, following the show on social media all that stuff. I have been doing quite a bit of work on the site over the last couple of weeks, so take a look. There's now an active blog there. As always, be well and stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.